and, and uh, Romans 11:33 says, he says, "Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are His judgments and His ways past finding out. For who has known the mind of the Lord, or who has become His counselor?" Or who has first given to him and it shall be repaid to him. For of him and through him and to him are all things to whom be glory forever and ever. And Paul talks about in his epistles, he talks about the wisdom and the knowledge of God. How God does unsearchable things. He does things past our human judgment. And I would like to just introduce this amazing God to all of us again and again and just share him and reintroduce him because he is much greater than we've ever known. He is much sweeter and kinder than we have ever experienced. He is amazing. And as I go on, go on to know him, uh, and I was, maybe should say grow on to know him, I find that, wow, I've just scratched the surface. And uh, even in writing the article about uh, Christ our treasure is so amazing. So I would like for all of us to, to be fixed to know him better, to know him deeper. And don't be so quick to say, oh, that's not God. That wouldn't do it. Go on to know him, the depths of Christ. All right? That was a, like a preamble to my message. And so uh, today I want to share about from the subject, Empowered by the Living Christ. It's something that I want us all to know, and that is that, that God the Father has given us immeasurable power because he gave us his son, Jesus Christ. And I want us to know how valuable this Christ is. He's so valuable, so amazing. He is, he is um, so valuable, we don't have a price that we could ever put on him. He is that valuable. And he has chosen to live in you. He has chosen you. Um, I, when I look around and I see humanity and how terrible people can be, uh, it's, it's, a, it's, it's staggering. But you and I are just a breath away. You know, in that were it not for God's generosity, in giving Jesus Christ to us, we would be just like those bad people we see. Because it was all in, in Adam, and therefore it was all in us. We are living in perilous times. I, I don't want to debate about it. I don't want to argue about it. Because if you have eyes to see, you can see. If you have ears to hear, you can hear. We live in perilous times. And perilous times means that uh, we are, are living in difficult times. We are living in strange times, confusing times, and harsh times. We are living in times when people are doing things. You ask, where is your humanity? Well, it is expressed in and by fallen human beings. That's what we see. We see what is possible, perhaps for all of us. And so it doesn't matter whether people agree with me or not. The truth stands and the truth does not need propping up. Many of us have been, all of us in some measure, have been affected by the world system. We, uh, the, the propaganda of the world has affected us. 
I can remember as a boy growing up in school singing songs that were not so much good or about me, but we were singing them. Yeah, they were terrible songs. Some of them uh, were destructive in their lyrics and, and propagandizing people, little, little kids like me, even more and more. But we were singing them. We were affected by it. We were all affected by it. As someone saying, and I say it carefully, that we've all had some of the Kool-Aid. But we must be grateful to God and thankful to God that he has delivered us from the power of darkness and transferred, translated, translated, conveyed us into the kingdom of the son of his love. That's what God has done for us. You and I are human beings, but we are not like unredeemed mankind. We are not. We, we don't go around saying, I'm better than you. No, we don't do that. But we are not those who have a holier-than-thou attitude, but we are made different. We are new creations now. We're not a part of the old creation. We are new creations in Christ Jesus. For the Bible says if anyone is in Christ, he or she is a new creation, a new kind of human being, a new kind of person. We are a new creation. It says to us emphatically, that is with great emphasis, old things are passed away. Behold, all things will become new. And so God is, is speaking to us. Old things have passed away. And so it has taken a lifetime, even in people like me, like myself, like you, to believe that old things have passed away. Amen. We still will say things like, I'm just human. No, 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 no. But you're a new kind of humanity. You are, you are a new creation. Not just a new creature, a new kind of humanity. Born after, the, after the, the Messiah, Jesus Christ. So these harsh times, in, in, uh, uh, these very harsh times in which we are living, God spoke about, about them. Paul spoke about them, uh, told us in the last days perilous times would come. Harsh times. Men would be lovers of themselves more than lovers of God. They would think about themselves and not God and not you either. And this is where we are. This is just where we are. I, I don't want you to think that I'm just harping on bad news, but it is my job to give you the information that the Holy Spirit gives to me. So, so, it, so that's what I will do. I don't shoot the newspaper man because he brought me some dreaded news or the news uh, people on television, those who tell the truth. <laughs> I don't shoot them, nor do I side with something because it may have been the way I grew up. I'm so grateful to Jesus for taking us through difficulties and trials and various uh, uh, differences in relationships to bring us to a place where we can trust him, love him, and do whatever he says without favor toward any man or any woman. A number of years ago, the Lord gave me this word, and it was that anarchy was going to be a big problem in the future. And he gave me two, three words, but one of them was there was going to be privacy was going to be a big issue. And it happened just like he said. So then it gave me confidence that anarchy would be a big problem. And then afterwards we had the Arab Spring. And then it seemed to have gone international. It's always been, but it really seemed to just pervade the globe. And then he said, 
it's going to be a big issue. And what does that mean? And I told you that many, maybe 15 or 20 years ago, that anarchy was going to be a big, big problem in the world. Why would some of us just not believe it, even though we have seen the effects of it? Anarchy. What does it mean by anarchy? Simply put, it's where men refuse to be governed. Now, do you have any proclivity, any leaning toward being, uh, refusing rather, to be governed? Do you have that independent spirit? These are warning signs. You have the, such an independent spirit and you think it's cute. I remember this guy, this man, who really, really loved his wife. We all ought to love our wives. But this guy loved his wife. And she would act bad, and he would just look at her and just laugh and say, isn't she something? It was never a word of correction. Never a word of say, babe, I don't think we ought to do that. Isn't she something? Oh, man, she's something. I thought, wow. So that's how we tend to be with the world around us. We, rather than bringing the word of God to the table, not just facts, but the word of God, the truth to the table, we bring our views and opinions, and we further cloud the issues. So when we talk about uh, men refusing to be governed, it's a part of the time in which we live, in the world in which we live. But there is an answer. You know, and that's what's so blessed for me is there's an answer. And Christ in you is the answer. Because Paul tells us in Colossians chapter 1, he says, verse 27, he says, Christ in you, the hope of glory. And what God did was, God came to live not only in the Jewish people who were a different sort. Yes, they did some pretty bad things, but they were of a different sort. They had the covenants of God. They had the, had the oracles of God. They had the law. They had God's words, God's sayings. And when you have God's sayings, you can do a lot with God's sayings. And that's why we have the Bible and we're to read out of it what God is saying, not read into it what we think he should be saying. We have to be those kinds of people. And so he has empowered us in this day, he says, to withstand in this evil day. So Paul tells us that, that having done all to stand, stand. So he, he has made us to be able to stand and or withstand everything the enemy is bringing against us. Don't, don't choose worldly sides because you think it's your responsibility. You and I are poised. We are set by God. We are poised for the greatest move of God in the midst of adversity and difficulty and chaos that the world has ever seen. It will be in the midst of it. And this is what God is calling us to do so that we will know how to differentiate truth from lies or truth from fiction. That's what we want to do. Now, let's look at how God has explained it to us. To be forewarned is to be forearmed. To be forewarned is to be forearmed. So I am forewarned by God. Therefore, I am prepared to do whatever God wants us. How does he prepare the church? How is he going to do this? Let's read Ephesians chapter 6 and start in verse 10. He says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord 
and in the power of his might. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. Now, Paul is not just offering that as a choice for you. He's not saying, this is a request that I want you to be strong in the Lord. I request you to be strong in the Lord. But no, he, God is through Paul's writings and words. He is speaking his word, his truth into us. Now we've said to you, we've taught to you that when God speaks, he does not so much as speak to you, but speaks into you. And when God speaks into you, you become. So when God says, peace, you become peaceful. This is joy, you become joyful. So whatever God speaks, you become. So Paul, God is saying through Paul, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. So now what am I? I am strong. I'm not strong because I've sort of worked up something and whipped it up. I am strong because God says I'm strong. He says, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. So then I am strong now in the strength of the Lord. I have the, the dunamis of God. I, I have the strength and the power of God, the dynamite of God. For, he says, then put on the whole arm of God. So he's not suggesting it. He is saying, go all the way to know God deeper. Put on the whole arm of God. So that's something that God has provided that I must cooperate with God and do. If you were to say to me, put on your jacket, and I left my jacket off, and uh, the, the, free, the freeze came, and I was freezing to death, and I was saying, God, why don't you help me? Who would be wrong? So he says to us, put on the whole armor of God. And so when he gives the command, you and I are to put on. That is, we are to believe, we are to trust, we are to obey. Can you obey? Put on the whole armor of God. Why do you want to put on the whole armor of God? So in verse 11, he says, put on the whole armor of God. He says, why? That you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Or you may be able to withstand the wiles of the devil. So that when the enemy comes and blows and blows and, and tries all kinds of devilish things against you, then you withstand in faith. You say, no, no, no. You don't say, well... I guess it's not going to happen like I thought. No, God told you to believe, to trust, to have faith. And so it will be as he said. It will be as he said. You will have what God spoke to you from himself. So he says here that you may be able to withstand. Remember the old, the old the little book we had about, the, I think it was called The Big Bad Wolf or something, where the wolf was coming against um, who was he coming against? The three little pigs. You remember. Okay, I was, I was wondering if they were three little sheep for a minute. Yeah, those things have been happening from time to time. The three little sheep, those three little pigs. But we remember the wolf, the story of the wolf. He, what he did, he huffed, he puffed, and he tried to blow. He blew everything else down, but he couldn't build, blow the brick wall, the brick house down. In other words, he couldn't blow that which was built on, on the rock and that which was made of rock. He couldn't blow it down, no matter how he huffed and puffed. So in that, in that little story, he huffs and huffs, he, can't, he could not blow it down. So when the enemy comes against you, it doesn't matter what he brings. He cannot upend God. He cannot blow you down. And the reason is 
Greater is he who is within you than he who is in the world. So it's Christ in you that is the hope of glory, the expectation of God. It's as though God says, once my son is in them, and how is his son in you? By the Holy Spirit. By the Holy Spirit. So the whole, you having the Holy Spirit argues for the divinity of Jesus Christ. It says, Jesus is who he says he is. Why? Because I have the Holy Spirit. When I believed, I, I received the Holy Spirit. And I remember, I, I looked, as the old song says, I looked at my hands and they looked new. I looked at my feet and they did too. Ever since that wonderful day, my soul has been satisfied. So, so that's an amazing reality. So what I'm saying is, God has done something that you don't need to feel to believe and know. God has done something based on what he said. It's not based on how you felt that day. Yeah, he, he, he did that. Now listen to what he says. So he's, he's enabled us by the Holy Spirit to withstand all the attacks of the enemy. The reason that we are standing here going through very, various situations, we would be crazy now were it not for the Lord. So we are, we, we are saying today, we are walking this thing out because of the Lord. If it had not been for the Lord, it was on our side. Let Israel say. Let the new Israel say. If it were not for the Lord, who was on our side. When our enemies came against us, when all those things rose up, we would have been finished. But the, but the scripture says he was on our side. Then Paul explains this by saying, Verse 12, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities. So what he's saying is that every believer, every Christian person here who takes sides in the world's arguments and fights, every one of them, not some of them, but every one of those fights, when we take those sides, we're not understanding who we are, nor are we understanding who God is. Listen to what he says, for we wrestle not, wrestle not. For we wrestle not against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age. He's talking about, he says, for we do, I'm sorry, totally skipped the line. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities. We don't wrestle against human beings. Human beings are pawns in this thing. The enemy will use you as a pawn. I don't know if you're like me. If you were on a chessboard, you would never want to be a pawn. Those things are expendable. You want to be a bishop or a knight or a queen or a king. You don't want to be a pawn. But see, the enemy uses us like we're pawns because we cooperate. Listen, he says, we do not wrestle against what? Flesh and blood. But against principalities, against powers against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. And so what Paul says is stop looking at human beings and thinking they're your enemy. There are enemies behind those you see. Though they, they are used, but this is what he says. So there are spirit beings out there, and he calls them principalities, powers, um, rulers of the darkness, Spiritual hosts, he says, there are spiritual armies or armies of spirit beings. There are spirit beings, there are armies of them. He said, that's where your battle is. Wow, are you ready for that battle? Are you prepared for that battle? Amen, I believe you. 
I believe you. Our brother said, our little brother says, I'm prepared. I believe he was worshiping like he was prepared. So Paul tells us, th verse 13, he takes up his argument in verse 11 when he says, put on the whole arm of God. So he, then he tells us why. Because we're wrestling with unseen beings who always attack us. When you find somebody in this world that's just absolutely crazy, don't get angry and fight with them and, and uh, wish you had, you know, your Annie get your gun thing on. You know, no, no, no. You are wrestling against something that cannot be seen. I remember my dad, if you'll allow me a little time. My dad, I remember being in a store uh, in East Texas and years ago. And we were in the store. Dad and I were in the, in the store. And the cashier was there. We were in the store. And we, were, we, were, we walk up. And then this guy just rudely came and pushed his way in front of me. I was, I was a teenager, but I thought I could, I could have handled him. And I said, I, I said, Dad. He said, no, no, son. That's Dad. He said, no, 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 son. That's ignorance. Let him have it. We'll be fine. I'm thinking, Dad, are you afraid? We should whip this guy. You know, uh, you know that was one of those days when I wasn't as saved as I was the week before. You know, you've had those days, right, saints? You know, it's just, ayuda no, señor. Yes, help us, Lord. You know, because we've had those days. And I, as, as a 15 or 16-year-old, I had the day. I wanted to do something with him. And uh, my dad said, no, 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 no. And he stopped me because my dad knew that our warfare, our battle, was not against the flesh and the blood. It was against some uh, evil spirit that was using the flesh and the blood. And so by walking with Jesus and learning him, I have come to a place where I love those who are so evil and dis disposed toward more evil because I know they're being used. And I can pray for them. I couldn't always pray for them. I attempted to pray for him, and I'd get about a centimeter, and I couldn't seem to get, it, get beyond that. But I can pray. Why? Because we need, we need the whole arm of God. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We wrestle against those heavenly beings or those spirit beings, even armies. So Paul says, therefore, take up the whole arm of God. So he's, he, he, he introduces uh, why we need the whole arm of God, and then he concludes with why. He says, therefore, take up the whole arm of God that you may be able to withstand. And notice what he says, withstand in the evil day. Now, what he's, he's showing us in these scriptures that in the evil day, that is in the day in which we live, that the enemy would be throwing everything at us, even the kitchen sink, that the enemy would, would be uh, uh, throwing accusations against us, um, wanting us to participate in the, the side taking in the world. I have found that there is no good side in the world. There's no good side. And so he says, wait a minute, take up the whole arm of God that you may be able to withstand this, these onslaughts, that you may be able to withstand the accusations, that you may be able to withstand the betrayal of even people who go to church with you. You may be able to withstand. And then he says, and having done all to stand. 
Now notice he keeps talking about standing. He's not talking about laying down, giving up, but stand up against it. No matter what the enemy brings, you stand up against it because greater is he who is within you than he who is in the world. When Jesus was in Capernaum and walked into the synagogue there, there the, the people of God had been worshiping with a demon-possessed man. And this demon-possessed man, when, when Jesus walked in the synagogue, the demon-possessed man recognized him and the people who said they were of God didn't. Who are you, Jesus? I know who you are. You're the Holy One of God. Have you come here to torment me before the time? He says, shut up and come out. ¿Cómo se dice en español? Cállate. Pero no cállese. Cállate. You, shut up. That's what it's like, right? So shut up. Come out of him. Why? Jesus says, you don't have authority to talk here. And so that's the power that Jesus displays. And you and I must be receptive to this kind of living if we're going to be effective in the evil day. Now, notice what he says. After having done all to stand, stand. So you don't have to try to work up something else. Just stand. If, if, if Jesus says stand, stand. My, my dad used to say, and I talk about my father a lot. I learned a lot from my father and my mother. I learned so much how to walk with Jesus. And even in my, in my latter days here, this age that I have attained, uh, I, I, I'm doing pretty well because they taught me well. And we owe it to our children to teach them well, whether they listen or not. You tell them the truth of God. And because the Bible says, if you train up a child in the way he should go, when he's old, he will not depart from it. And you can try, but you can't run uh, away from what you've been trained to do. Amen. Yeah, I know I'm living proof. So he says, stand, having done all, he says, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand, having girded your waist with truth, you need truth. Believers, though uh, all of you who are hearing me online, don't ever say, I don't know what to believe. You're saying that you are a nepios, a little baby on the bottle. Nepios. You're also saying that you may be saying, I'm not a believer yet. I don't know what to believe. Paul says you're to have your waist girded with truth. Paul tells us that you are and I are the pillar and ground of truth. If we, these, there are pillars around this building. They are holding this building up. Without the pillars, everything is demolished. So without you and I, without us, nothing is held up. Truth is lost. Why? Because God has invested that in the church. Upon this rock I will build my church. Amen. And the gates of hell will not, shall not prevail against it. Amen. I will build. What Jesus, Jesus is saying, when I build, I build to last. Amen. That's why we will outlast the devil. Amen. He didn't build us for us to fall down and give up because the enemy is blowing his fury at us. And listen to what he says. And, take, and having... Now, notice his language. He says, stand there for having girded. So you don't wait till you get into battle to try to get dressed. Having girded your waist with truth. Having put on the breastplate of righteousness to protect your heart. 
protect your heart, the breastplate of righteousness. Uh, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Now, what he's saying is that these are things you ought, ought to already have. You ought not be trying to argue, point, counterpoint the world's positions. They're all rotten. Some are rotten and they're spoiled today horribly. Going to give you salmonella, <laughs> spiritual salmonella. And others will give it to you tomorrow or the next day. They're all bad. They're all bad. I said it, and I don't apologize for it. They're all bad. Stop doing what you're doing. He says, you already have done this. And so what you need to do is say things like, Lord, I, I received that in Jesus' name. You're supposed to say that. I am girded. My waist is girded with truth. I've got truth on. I've got a breastplate. It's like your belt is truth. You have a belt of truth on. Keeps your pants up. Amen. Yeah. And then he says, breastplate of righteousness. So I, my, my, my thoughts are coming from my heart. They're, they're pure thoughts. And my feet are shod with the preparation of gospel of peace. You know, if you don't have on shoes, if you're like me, you don't have on shoes, my feet are so tender. When I was a kid, I could run all over the place, creation. You know, even in grass burrs. And I would, I would, oh, they would hurt, but I would even run in those. But now my feet, I need the shoes on. I need to be shod with a with the gospel of peace, that means I ought not be a troublemaker. There are a lot of churchgoers who are troublemakers. I, I'm not a troublemaker. Why? I, I want peace. So when I go to my people who don't believe like I believe we should be doing, I give them an olive branch. See, God has empowered us to give olive branches. We, we have the gospel of peace. The gospel of peace. So wherever we walk, we should be bringing peace. Not trouble. Now, well, they said, and this one, uh, I hear some of the stuff, I see some stuff, some stuff I have seen a little bit, not too much, on Facebook, and I think, God, help people. And a lot of them are preachers. They don't know what you know, what you're hearing today. Now, let's, I'm going to hurry. Above all, now that's pretty good already, right? Uh, you you got the, the, the belt of truth, you have the breastplate of righteousness, you've got your feet are really equipped, you got on your, your good shoes, the gospel of peace. He said, but above all, taking the shield of faith. You, you've got to have your shield. He said, have your shield of faith. Now, why do you want your shield of faith? He says, with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. He says, there's not one fiery dart that can penetrate the shield of faith. Because when you walk out of here, you are walking out in faith. You know, when we, we say things, we say them in faith. Not that we made them up, but we felt an unction from the Spirit of God, and we will say those things, and that's faith. He says, walk in faith wherever you go. Take your shield of faith. There's nothing the devil can do with your, against your shield of faith. Amen. Wow. I love that. And then he says to us, and... Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So take the helmet of salvation. So the helmet of salvation protects my thoughts. One of the things I'm praying about for me and for you is that, Lord, uh, give me good thoughts. I don't want any, uh, any devilish thoughts to come across my airspace. I'm not saying I'm an airhead now. But I don't... <laughs> 
I don't want them to come across my airspace. You know, uh, and sovereign nations have, have airspace that belongs to that nation. They have territory that goes, I think, 12 miles out in the ocean. Uh, it, it protects them. That's why China, and this is not political, just an example. That's why China wants uh, to claim all those little islands so they can have, uh, so they can control all of Asia. And so when you see that, you don't have to become a Republican or a Democrat to believe that. You can believe that as a Christian. You know, because the enemy is always trying to claim what's not his. And so in our lives, he's trying to claim. Uh, I ask myself, I say, give us good thoughts. Amen. Good thoughts. You can have good thoughts. And there's nobody in here, even though you have masks on, I can see behind the mask. Sometimes the enemy shoots thought bombs at you, bad thoughts. Don't receive them. In Jesus' name. The helmet of salvation. The sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Then he says, praying always. Sometimes when you get in really deep trouble, pray. No, pray always. When you're in the bed at night, pray. Don't take that sleeping aid when God is talking. When God is talking, listen to what he says. I've said to him recently, Lord, you know how much sleep I need. And I'm praying. He said, praying always. With all prayer. It's like praying with all kinds of prayer. He says, and supplications. So he's saying, you know, ask God, tell God. Cry if you need to. Wipe your eyes if you need to. But praying with all supplication, all petition, he's saying, request. Make request to God. Make request to God. Make request to God. Tell God what you want. Tell God what you want. He said, but I've told him five times. Tell him ten. I remind him of what I want. Say, God, you know what I want. Tell me. Help me. And so then he says, "With all, do it for all the saints. And I pray for you every day. I pray for you every day because God told me to do that. And he says, Paul said to uh, the Ephesians, and pray for me. Pray for me. That utterance may be given to me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. So I ask you to pray for me that I will become more bold in my proclamation of the gospel. That I may say it not only to you, but to say it to those who say they are ministers of the gospel. That I may say it to pastors and evangelists, teachers, bishops, and those who say they're apostles. And even to mayors, to county judges, to governors, to presidents. Let's speak the gospel. Let's live the gospel. In Jesus' name, I'll be back.